Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. It's a powerful video reminding us of the value and the importance of uh, all those that make huge sacrifices in our lives. These guys are sneaking up on me right now. It has been his birthday. Yesterday was his birthday. He, can I say how old? 60 years old. 60 years old. So we want to wish him a happy birthday. And on behalf of the Journey Church, Thank we want to so give much. you this gift. And we are going to say a quick prayer for him. Okay? <laughs> Thank you. I'll try to make it quick here. First of all, this guy is amazing. You know, he works very, very hard. Behind the scenes, you know, he's just never stopped. He's just, just always working hard. He's, and man, I'm very impressed with him. I love this guy. So we just want to wish you a happy birthday and uh, give you this little, a few pennies. <laughs> thank <laughs> so you. So let's pray. Father, I just want to thank you, Lord, for this man that's standing mm-hmm. here on this stage that is our shepherd. He's leading this amazing little church, and uh, we're growing every day. And we just thank you for all the, the work that he's done. We thank you for his health. We thank you for his family that stands behind him mm-hmm. and with him and everything mm-hmm. that he goes through. They stand together in a, a very uh, good unit. So, for the Lord, we just want to lift him up, Lord, today and just bless his teaching and bless his wisdom and his, his leadership, most of all, Lord. Um, lead us uh, through this time of craziness in this world, Lord. And, and uh, we just want to glorify you, Lord, through him. Yes, In God. Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you. Join me real quickly. Let's sing happy birthday to the church. And you at home online, go ahead and sing with him. Stand up and give him the praise. <laughs> happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear pastor. Happy birthday to you. All right. <laughs> Thank you very much. God bless you guys. We love you. These guys are double trouble when they show up, man. They're, they're the best. They're the best. Thank you so much for that song. It sounded so much better than most Mexican restaurants you go into and hear them sing. And uh, boy, sometimes I just wonder, why do they do that? They just, uh, but it's, it's fun. It's, I've enjoyed growing up. I've enjoyed uh, getting to the 60-year mark. Um, I, I, I won't say I've enjoyed maturing, because I'll leave that up to you guys. Um, some people would debate maturity <laughs> on some levels and others. Uh, but man, I've, I've just enjoyed every step of the way, and, and it's a blessing. It's a blessing to do it with you. And uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to the next years of life that we have together and seeing God do some pretty amazing things. And uh, I'm very, very excited about that. Again, I want to come back to the uh, military service. Um, for, for those of you that may have lost or have um, <clears throat> family members who've passed on uh, uh, that have served in, in the military, thank you so much uh, for the sacrifices you've made and, the, and, and the, pain, the pain that you've experienced on behalf of our freedom here in this amazing country we live in. And so thank you, and we pray God's blessing on you. And those of you that have served or are serving we just want you to know we love you and appreciate you and thank you for everything you're doing. <clears throat> We're in a series called Faith and Family, and I was planning on preaching on a completely different direction. And on Thursday, I just felt like the Lord said, no, that's not what we need right now. 
Um, and and <clears throat> uniquely, he said, I want you to leverage the 60-day birthday or the 60-year birthday. And so I'm going to talk to you today, faith and family, uh, but it's 60 years of life lessons. So we'll be here for the next couple hours. And uh, <clears throat> I'm just kidding. But I want to share with you 60 years. I, I, as I was reflecting over these last 60 years and, and taking in, and I, I would encourage all of us to do that, is what have you learned over the, your lifespan? No, what, whatever amount of years it may be, what have you learned up to this point? And, and who has been the influences in your life? And so I want to share maybe, hopefully, some, some wisdom um, that w- would help you and maybe encourage you. Um, no matter how many years you've been born, uh, you might be able to take advantage of some of these thoughts. And so just this me, this is me reflecting on 60 years of life and experience and realizing that um, uh, hopefully there's more life to live and we can leverage that. The first one is simply this, is that your family is God's plan. Your family is God's plan. And, and I want to say this, I grew up in a very dysfunctional family. I won't go into all the detail of that, but it was a very dysfunctional family. Ended up having lots of weird insecurities and fears and, and anger and all that kind of stuff. But um, it, l- let me just say this, dysfunction does not disqualify. Dysfunction does not disqualify. Just because you went through a difficult time or you, you are a difficult parent, like if you don't know of any difficult parents you might be that one is that kind of thing going on but if you've gone through a difficult time god is capable of leveraging what you've gone through to benefit others and you can also look back and go i know what not to do because that was not fun and i'm going to make that different in my own life and i've done that in many ways with my kids and my engagement with my kids and those kinds of things and I would just encourage you to, to understand that your family is God's plan. What you've gone through, what you're going through, or what you are experiencing even now is something that God is using to shape you and mold you um, into God's image. And if it's negative, he's going to take that negativity and what the enemy meant for evil, he will turn to good. And so believe that, okay? Believe that. Your family is not your excuse to live a a lousy life, your family is an excuse to go, I'm going to see God do something unique out of this. And that's what is, po- is possible, and uh, I'm evidence of that. I'm evidence, and I'm not saying I'm anything big or great, I'm just saying that God has done such a unique work in my life that I've been able to overcome some of those things that I didn't think I could. And it's by God's grace. Dysfunction does not disqualify. And by the way, Jesus had a his own dysfunctional lineage. If you go back and you look at his uh, family lineage in, 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 in Scripture, you'll find some pretty shady characters in there. And, uh, and it was very, very interesting. So um, if Jesus can make it, we can. Right? Amen? Okay. You guys had me worried there for a minute. Amen online? All right. That's a little emoji. Amen emoji. All right. So your family is God's plan. Secondly, Um, salvation is by grace salvation is by grace and and um, what I mean by that is simply this I I was so full of sin in my life and I grew up in a a context that a little bit kind of 
taught me that I had to be good enough for God. And here's what I learned. You can never be good enough. We can never be good enough to earn God's favor. God's favor is a gift. It's the gift of grace. Grace means unmerited or undeserved favor. It means that we get what we don't deserve. And it's beautiful, and it's wonderful, and it's, it, I am saved. I am standing on this platform today, not because of who I am, but because of who He is and what He has done for me, not because I deserve it, but because by His grace, I'm able to be a pastor. By His grace, I'm able to call myself Christian. By His grace, I'm able to be a husband to my wife and a father to my children and grandfather to my, my grandkids. By His grace, all those things, He is the one. Who makes us anything that we are? Salvation is by grace. You cannot do anything. You cannot do enough to earn what salvation brings to our lives. We have to receive it as a gift. I've been receiving gifts for these last couple days, and I enjoy getting gifts, and, and, and it's a blessing. But, and, and, but I haven't had anyone say, can you give me back, or can you earn this, by the way? No one has said that. Those are genuine gifts that are being given to me. And I appreciate them. And most importantly, I appreciate the grace that comes through salvation. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. It's a gift. Salvation is by grace. Thirdly, people are your biggest asset. The people in your life are the biggest asset. And you might have some people um, that you would say aren't, aren't assets in your life, that they're not good for you. Okay? Let's just set those aside. And there are a whole lot of good people in your life, uh, I would imagine, that are, are, are there for your good. And if you're not seeing it now, you'll see it later. Uh, hindsight is twenty twenty. I can look back and I can see the Dabneys, Ruth and Haywood Dabney, the pastors of the church that I grew up in, who were my second set of parents that loved me, that cared for my brother and I, that are to, to this day, they're in ministry. Pastor Dabney's preaching and Ruth Dabney is, is just a wonderful, was a wonderful influence in our lives. And they loved us. And they were our second set of parents. The Huffs, the Daniel and Linda Huff. The, Dan was the guy who invited me to go live with him, to get out of my own housing circumstance here in California, to go live in Oregon and live with them. I, I lived in their home, and that's where I became a Christian. And that's, that's where life really changed for me in, in big ways. There was Pastor Wendell Kruger who led me to Christ led me to Christ, and then saw that I was getting in trouble even after I accepted Christ. And he said, let's send you up to my, my, my parents' house, Joanne and, and Eugene Kruger's home in Davenport, Washington. And it was there that I got uh, an understanding, clear understanding of first God's love in a very much deeper way, and then a discipline to live a right life. Uh, because I, was, I, I saw Joanne hear from God speak to her daughter something that she could only hear she could have only heard from god and it made me so scared i every time she said i wanted to talk to you i thought she had heard from god i said what did god tell you now about me you know that kind of thing 
But Joanne and Eugene Kruger took me in. To this day, that family introduces me as their brother. Uh, they call me the brown sheep of the family because they're all Germans and they're all white, as white can be. And uh, Wendell, Janice, Candy, Kim, Mark, Barry, all call me brother because I lived with their family and they took me in. I left Davenport and went to Kirkland, Washington, where I, I started attending Northwest College, now Northwest University. And I met some people there that completely influenced uh, my life and, and Karen's life. And we were so blessed to meet the Bennetts, uh, Skip and Gail Bennett, who would counsel us when we were having dating issues and, and help us, which was often, unfortunately, in our dating experience. <laughs> um, and counsel me mostly. I was the one having the problem. Um, that's right. <laughs> but Skip and Gail were just the, the, the best people, and, and to this day, they, they, we stay connected on Facebook. And Calentina Carpenter, people that um, were pastors of ours. Uh, Karen worked for Cal in the church uh, that Cal was pastoring, and, and Calentina would also counsel us when we were going through challenges and difficulties, and it was a great relationship. There's uh, Mel Ming, Wade Goodall, Warren Bullock, all um, high-level leaders in the church and in uh, the college that I was attending, and they became mentors in my life, and, and uh, all of them spoke into my life when I went through a big burnout, and uh, these people are, are, are huge influences that if I look back, I go, man, without them, there's no way, without the, the Dabneys or the Huffs or the Krugers or the Bennetts or the Carpenters or, or Ming's Goodalls or Bullocks, there's, there's one couple that's um, super special, Chuck and Patty Sweet. This couple is, is one of the most loving couples that I've ever met in my life. And I've met you guys, and you're very loving people. And, and I, Chuck and Patty, they have this special place in our hearts. And even last night, I saw them on a, on a video wishing me a happy birthday. And I just started crying because these people love me through the worst times of my life. And, and some of the best times of my life, but they were there, and they've always been there. To this day, they would be there. If I called and said, Chuck and Patty, and I do often, actually, call them and say, hey, I need some prayer. I need some advice. I need some insight. I need, just, I need you just to talk. And Chuck and Patty are there. And Patty's so funny. She, she cries like me at the drop of a hat, and uh, we both just cry together, and it's really a fun experience. But People are your biggest asset, and I'm leaving people out. There, there are so many other people in my life that have um, spoken so deeply, but I would encourage you to walk through, and every once in a while, I'll text all these people or Facebook them or message them somehow and let them know that I love them and they have made a difference in my life. And without them, I wouldn't be anywhere I am today. I would be just a, a, a mess um, because uh, if they hadn't been there. So, people are your biggest asset. I believe you need to have best friends. I believe you need to have somebody in your life that is, you can say anything to, any way you want. You can say whatever you're going through. You can tell them your, your, your worst side of things. You can tell them your sins. You can tell them your joys. You can tell them your anger and your frustration. You can tell them everything. And I have two guys in my life um, that uh, 
actually have more guys than that, but th these two guys have, we've, we've stayed close. It's Dwayne, a guy named Dwayne French and Jim Hance. These two guys have been the, my closest friends. They're my best friends. And, um, and, and you can have more than, more than two best friends, but these guys are tight. I mean, these guys are everything to me. They, uh, I got videos from them as well last night that I was able to watch, but it's so fun. Dwayne just keeps me on the edge of my seat with what he's going to say next. He, he kind of like that shocker guy that will say crazy stuff. And Jim is just the biggest prayer warrior, loves God with all his heart, missionary kid, and uh, they're both just amazing people. Proverbs 18.24 says, One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. But there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And that's these guys. They stick closer than a brother. And by the way, my brother's amazing. And I love him and I love him dearly. And if, if he happens to be watching, um, I, I love my brother. And I'm so glad for the relationship I have with him. These guys are my best friends. And it, we need them. We need people that we can lean into, that we can talk about anything and everything with. If you don't have that, you're probably feeling a little bit alone in life. You, you don't know where to go or who to go to, to talk to about things that you want to share. You want to, you know, if, if, if we're being honest, right, you, you got things going on in your marriage that you just need to talk to someone about and you don't know who. You can't talk to any, just anyone about it. And so it's really nice to have someone you can just vent to and talk to. And not that I would ever vent about anything, Karen. Just saying. But okay, there's times. We need best friends. Another thought that I have for you is, is the importance of following your calling. And let me define your calling for you because I, I think too many of us think that the calling is this big lightning bolt moment that happens in our lives that all of a sudden lightning comes down and God says, go to Africa. It's not that. It's not that. Let me give you a couple um, maybe lightning bolt moments right now for you. The moment you said, I do, you had a calling. And your calling, your first and foremost important calling was to love and support and encourage and be there for your spouse. That's a calling. It's not just a choice you made. It's a, it's a sacred vow you made before God and the witnesses in your wedding. But the most important thing that you need to realize is that that commitment is a calling. That becomes part of who you are. It becomes everything that you should be giving energy to, to nurture and to, and to, to work out. And I've, I'll talk about how to mess that up in just a moment, <clears throat> but it's your calling. And then if you have kids, that's your calling. You are now a discipler of little beings. Little human beings. And in, in two weeks, we'll talk about discipling little human beings. And, and, and you are given that, that calling. That is your responsibility. It's not the church's responsibility. It's not the school's responsibility. It's your responsibility. It's your calling to raise up kids in the admonition of the Lord, in the knowledge of Jesus. That's the calling. So if you have a family, 
That's your calling, is to that family. And then you can have a calling to ministry or to serve or to be an architect or a doctor or a trash truck driver or whatever the, the, the place you are. Your calling is to serve in that context God to serve God in that context. And as you do, and as you begin to fulfill that calling, here's, here's the way you know you're doing what God wants you to do. You're getting energy from it rather than giving energy to it. There's things that will just completely sap your energy, and those are likely things that you're doing that aren't made for you. And... and Applause to you for being diligent and, and, and sticking with it, but maybe you need to rediscover who you are so that you can d- determine what's giving you energy. I, when, I, when I come to church, I get energy. When, I, when, I, when I'm here and when I'm working and when I'm doing different things or when I'm serving, there's uh, another thing that gives me energy is going around the world building churches. That gives me energy. I come physically tired, but mentally and emotionally and spiritually, I'm just jazzed up. I'm excited. You know, and work is work. They don't call it work. You know, they don't call fun work. But when you go to work, do you enjoy it? Is it something that you do because you're called to it? Is it something that you do because you're, you're getting energy from it? And not only that, but are you giving your own spiritual energy to it? The people around you are feeling the Jesus that lives in you. And when that's happening, it's likely you're in the right spot. If it's sucking you dry and you leave just bitter and angry and frustrated and you want to kick the dog when you get home, then you might not be in the right spot. You might not be in the right spot. Follow your calling. For me, it's been uh, pastoring. It's been getting my master's degree so I could teach, which I'm a professor now, and I enjoy that thoroughly. It's being a chaplain for the Ventura Police Department and being able to support our officers and the people of our community. Those are all parts of the calling that God has set me to. I have a a verse that when uh, when I first became a Christian, someone encouraged me, hey, pray about just getting that affirmation from Scripture about your calling. And this doesn't always work because if you're called to be an architect for God, there's really no architect Scripture. Unless you, unless you find a place where, like, you're reading in Nehemiah and it says, build a wall, you know, then maybe there's some architecture application there. But I was encouraged to find a verse, and it says in Ephesians chapter 3, and, and when I was praying, I did not know this passage. I did not know what God, uh, where this passage was, but I heard this passage in my head, Ephesians 3. So I went there, and I started reading, and I came al- along verse 7, and it says, I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the work of his, working of his power. Although I am less than the least of all, Lord, all the Lord's people, this grace was given me to preach to the Gentiles the boundless riches of Christ and to make plain to everyone the administration of this mystery, which for ages past was kept hidden in God who created all things. When I read that, I go, that is it. I am called to preach the gospel. And then it clarified it for me in this next sentence. It says, his intent was that now through the church the manifold wisdom of God should be made known. Through the church, I was called to be a pastor. 
I was called to work with the local church, and I believe the local church is the tool that God desires to use to reach a community and to see people saved. Why? Because it's the conglomeration of the body of Christ. When we get together and we put ourselves together, we experience the fullness of the intent that God ever designed us to be. Every one of you in this room right now and those in the previous service are all put together here at Journey Church Ventura for one purpose, and that is to reach this community for Christ and make disciples and encourage each other in the faith. That's what we're designed to be. That's what we're designed to do. And I'm called to pastor a movement like that. And this passage has made it clear from the very beginning of my, uh, my, my uh, ministry and my faith in God. I believe that God has called me to be a pastor. Now, I've done that right and I've done that wrong. And I'll talk about that in just a minute. But um, that calling is clear in my life that I'm called to be here. I'm called to stand right in this moment, fulfilling this purpose and plan for what God's had for me. That doesn't make me any, anybody more special or anything like that. It just means I'm clear about my purpose, which I hope and pray that each and every one of you has the same value and, 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 and purpose and worth to this body that we can make a difference in our world today as we work together. There's things I can't do that you can. There's things that, that you can't do that I can't. And together we can make this an amazing experience together. An amazing experience together. Follow your calling. You can do too much good. There's another lesson I've learned over the years. You need to learn to say no. Not every, even though everything might sound good, it's not good for you to do. And what I've learned in my own life and in, in, uh, in the church's life is to say no. It is a good word to say, you know what? That's not best for me. That's not what God's called me to do. That's not the best thing for the church right now. That's not the di direction we need to go. And, and, and what, what God is saying is simply this, is that when you say yes to everything, you diffuse all the energy so much that it becomes ineffective. And it's true of our own lives. In fact, it'll ruin our lives if we're not careful. And it did me. Now, 18 years ago, and I've told this story many times, so I won't tell it again, but I burnt out really bad. Had to get out of ministry, and it took four years to put myself back together. Actually, with God's help, my wife's help, and my family's help, put myself back together so I could even function in the church. And come back to that original calling. I lost my, my, I almost lost our marriage. We were disconnected to the, to the degree that we weren't talking divorce, but we were like, hello, who are you? And hello, who are you? And, and it was my fault. Saying no to too many, or saying yes to too many things. You can do too much good. You can burn yourself out and you have to be super careful. And so you can do too much good. That's another lesson I've learned over the last 60 years. I didn't think about it much when I was one. <laughs> one thing I learned during my burnout is to accept help when you need it. Accept help when you need it. It's okay to be needy. In fact, we need to be needy. That's when we lean into each other and we make each other stronger, not weaker. It's not weak to admit that there's something you need, that something you, you need help with, or you can't do it. 
I got to the point where I couldn't do anything. I was trying to sweep a, a carpentry, uh, a cabinet shop, and I would cry as I was sweeping this cabinet shop, and I, all the guys and the, the other employees were looking at me going, what is wrong with this guy? Couldn't do it. And I had to call for help. And when I got the help that I needed, it helped me get back on my feet and get healthy again. Accept help when you need it. Listen to those who encourage you to move forward. My wife has always been someone who's encouraging me to grow, someone who's encouraged me to think about the next step. She's a, a, a natural future thinker, a visionary, and uh, she's always pushing and encouraging, not pushing, but encouraging growth, encouraging thinking forward, encouraging. And, and if, if you don't have someone that's doing that, you've either become stagnant or you're hanging around people that just are satisfied or are willing to go backwards. Hang around people that are willing to push you forward, push you into the future. I had um, my wife, of course. I had this, this couple in, 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 in the church I pastored. Their names were Bob and Shannon Richards. And they, they were there to encourage me to get my master's degree. And they actually owned a, a, a foundation that was uh, giving money to pastors so that they would go get their um, <clears throat> secondary education or their uh, graduate degrees. And uh, they started me on that path. And I gave up on it because I was saying yes to too many things um, as I got in the middle of it and then came back to it later and finished. In fact, it was a pastor by the name of Troy Jones who uh, helped me and encouraged me to finish my master's and get that done. And I did, and I'm blessed to be a professor speaking into the lives of young people, which is my deepest passion, and uh, able to teach and enjoy every moment of it. I'm going to skip that next one, Scott, and go to you. Listen to your spouse. We've been married 32 years. And my wife has a different voice than I hear in my head. My own voice. I, I, it's, it's a completely different voice. We are opposite people. We're complete opposites. We're polar, and even emotionally, we're different people. And um, I have had to learn to listen. And it hasn't been easy. But I've learned that my wife is God's gift to my head to, so that I don't get myself in trouble, so that I, I can think clearly at times when I'm not thinking clearly and I need to stop and listen sometimes. I, and, and Well, all the time. All the time. Sorry. <laughs> Our spouses are there to, to balance us out, to move us forward, to encourage us and and we need to hear those voices. And if we don't, um, we're going to uh, have problems. I like what Proverbs 12, 4 says. It says, a wife of noble character is her husband's crown. But a disgraceful wife is like decay in his bones. Ouch. First part is really good. And that's my wife. A wife of noble character is her husband's crown. I'll say this Live what you want your kids to copy. Live what you want your kids to copy. There's no greater compliment than when your kids start doing the things that you do. But it can also be a put down. If they start doing things that you do that aren't good, that's not good. So live the things that 
you want them to copy. Do the things that you want them that you, to see so that they'll repeat it. And then reward, celebrate, encourage, all those kinds of things. But uh, <clears throat> be sure to live what you want your kids to copy. My kids are amazing. I prayed that I would not get a boy when we started having kids. And I was granted that prayer. Um, but I, and I was afraid that getting a boy would mean that I would get a boy just like me and that he would live the, the life that I lived as a, as a young person and as a teenager. And I didn't want to go through that. Then I got a daughter just like me, <laughs> which was frightening. And praise God, she's done really well. We had a, a saying, and uh, I'll just say this about parenting uh, when my kids would leave the, the door, uh, get ready to leave the house, I would say, good choices. And then their response was, no regrets. And if you have kids at home, um, I would encourage you to do that. Because as they're leaving out that door, they're going to make choices. And all you want them to do is make good ones. Just ones that they won't regret. And my kids have made choices they've regretted. They've, they've made mistakes. They've done things that I wouldn't be proud of and they wouldn't be proud of. But at the same time, I believe that my, my kids have a winning record. They've made much, many more good choices than bad. Because we were able to say, hey, good choices, no regrets. And uh, they would walk out that door thinking, huh, what am I going to do that I'm going to regret or not regret? And today, I'm blessed to say, not, not because I've been the perfect parent, but because God's done some pretty amazing things. My, both my girls serve the Lord. They married Joshua and Caleb. And if you're familiar with the Bible, those were the two guys that went into the promised land and came back with faith. And I told them that they had to live up to their name, biblical namesake if they were going to be good parts of our family. <clears throat> and they, they, they do. One's up here... Uh, helping with running our services. And another one is uh, making films for Jesus. It's awesome. And I'm proud of our families. The last thing I want to say is this. Your current and past pain is preparing you for tomorrow's victory. Your current and past pain is preparing you for tomorrow's victory. There's not a moment in my life that I believe God has wasted. There's not a moment in my life where I went through my, either my own undoing or a challenge or a trial or a test of some sort that God didn't use to bring me to the point I am today. And I'm not saying he's finished with me or that I'm done or this is, this is the finished product. I'm not saying that in any way, shape, or form, but I am saying that I believe that today I am more prepared for life and life at its fullest because of the things that I've gone through and because of the people that have been in my life than I, than I was when we started. And it's a beautiful thing, and it's something that we have to embrace, that the pain today, the pain that I experienced in the past, is the preparation for tomorrow's victory or even today's victory. And for me, that means I'm healthy, I'm whole, I've, I'm living a full life, and I, I'm fully expecting God to use whatever he's made of me today to do something phenomenal in the future. I believe that with all my heart. Here's what I believe about me today. In my role as a pastor here, I believe I have been uniquely prepared to pastor now 
because of the lessons I have learned and the people who are influences in my life. I believe that today I am, what, what, what God has done in my life up to this point, 60 years of life, I believe he has prepared me to be the pastor here. And, I, and I'm, not, I'm not asking for that affirmation. I'm just saying I, I, I believe that. And I believe, though, this, this even greater thing is that I believe he has prepared you to be here for this moment. That your life experiences, your, your con contributions, your wisdom, your insights, your giftings, your talents, your hurt, your pain, all of that is going to be used to make us an amazing movement of God in this county so that we can make a difference. Do you believe that? Yeah. You see, the culmination of our lives is not just the, 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 to look back and go, oh, yeah, that was, a, that, was a, that was a tough time. Or, yeah, that was a great time. We had a good time. No, the culmination of our lives is to propel us forward to do even greater things than what we've done in the past. I believe that the, 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 the mentors, I believe that my burnout, I believe that the pastors I've worked with, the positions I've held, the corporate life I spent doing, learning in the corporate world, all of those experiences have made me and have made you something special. And something special that now we get to put together so that we can see something crazy happen for God. So that we can see people come to Jesus and, and have that hope of eternal life. So that we can see moms get their oil changed so that they can experience the love of Jesus and their kids too. So that we can see hearts and lives transformed and, as we love them through their pain and circumstance. Whatever the case may be, God is doing something special. And I think that's why it's important to reflect. I think that's why it's important to take a moment and go, man, look what God has done and look what he's going to do. I don't believe there's anything God can't do. I think he can do anything. I think he can, he can, he can, we can reach this community for Christ. Amen? Because of who we are, because of our faith in Jesus. Because of what he's already done in our lives. Not because it's our own strength. It's kids, by, 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 for sure. But because he has done something unique in us, we can do something unique out there. And I believe today God is speaking to your life and wanting you to encourage, want, wanting me to encourage you to simply look at your own heart. How many years of life have you lived? No matter how many years, there's lessons to learn, right? And there's gifts that you can bring to the table and there's talents and time and energy that you can spend not wasting a moment of that past pain but allowing it to propel us into the future. Let me pray with you that God will just settle in your heart who you are, how he's shaping and molding you and where you're going to go as we continue to move forward together. God, I thank you so much for all you've done in my life, the people that you've placed in my life, the, the experiences that I've had, I could not imagine ever trying to put that together. But Lord, throughout my life, you've
put people in my life and experiences, all of those things. You've leveraged every one of them to make me better and to give me a hope for the future and strength for victories in our future. And Lord, I pray that all of us, with all of our experiences, with all of our wisdom pulled together, that we would do something powerful and unique in this community. I pray for your Holy Spirit to help us reflect on uh, and, and see your fingerprints all over our lives and throughout our lives. I pray that you help us, God, to elevate you to a place where um, we can <clears throat> see your, your love and your grace extended to those around us because of what you've done in our hearts. Lord, I pray your blessing on every life right now that we would have hope, that we would have a sense of hope for the future, that we would have a sense of purpose, that we would understand that you've not wasted a moment, that we would take in our hearts and own the responsibility of making sure that, Lord, we don't just stay stagnant, but we continue to move forward in our lives. So, Lord, I pray right now that you bring everything together here at Journey Church Ventura, that the culmination of these lives that are in this room would be a, a, a culmination of power, of strength, of encouragement, of hope, and, and of a willingness to do whatever it takes to accomplish your will for this community. I thank you and I praise you for that. And Lord, I pray your blessing on every heart today in Jesus' name. And maybe you're here this morning and you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. At the end of every service, I'll never stop doing this because we don't want to stop or miss an opportunity to give you a chance to say yes to Jesus. And all you have to do is say, Jesus, I, I've made mistakes. I've sinned, and I need your forgiveness. Will you forgive me of my sin? And I believe, Jesus, that you rose from the dead, and that today I, I have the promise of eternal life offered to me. And then commit to follow him for the rest of your life. If that's you, and you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you just need to say this prayer after me. You don't have to say it out loud. You can say it to yourself and to Jesus. Jesus, please forgive me of my sin. I've made mistakes. I've done things that have separated us in relationship. But today, God, I want you to forgive me of my sin. And I accept that forgiveness based on the work you did on the cross so that my sins could be forgiven. Thank you for forgiving me. And I believe that you were raised from the dead and that I have now the hope of eternal life because you live forever, I will live forever, and I will spend eternity with you. And I commit to follow you for the rest of my life. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey. And I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know. Also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Ventura.